Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're talking about your think time. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Casual Fridays land flipping blueprint. Guys, if you're thinking about getting into this niche, you've got to check this out. We've taken all the knowledge we gained through the years of consulting and hundreds of clients and put it into this course. It's in an easy-to-follow video format. It's got all the contracts, scripts, and forms that we use on our daily business. And everyone that joins gets a free one-on-one training with either myself or Justin. So if you're interested in learning more, all you got to do is go to our website at casualfridaysrei.com. Click on the training tab, set up a strategy call, and we'll go over everything you need to know to get started. Happy Friday. Hey, what's up? Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah? Not really. We've got big race day today. We're going tomorrow. We're going to Wichita Falls in the morning, so two-hour drive up, racing, driving back, catching Cowtown, and doing it big. I like Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls and Burke Burnett seem like a really good place to invest. Really? I, I always see, you know, because... It's far enough away from the Metroplex that you can still get really good deals. Like, you could probably go in and buy a uh, home to rehab. You know, if you want to do houses, you could go in there, and you could probably get one for a very reasonable, very cheap price. Yeah, I did see something like that. It wasn't in Wichita Falls, but it was in another kind of small town. It was a a sub-market of the DFW area, and rent-ready house was like 50000 bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking You can get yeah. that there. And, you know, it's actually another good subset is two hours east of the Metroplex. Like Green, that's where this Greenpool. one was. Yeah. yeah was. This, I talked to a guy. He bought a home, full a three-bedroom, two-bath home. He paid $7,500 for it. And he's, you know, he's putting, I think he said 60 into it. But still, you've got a brand-new home at 67.5 at that point. Yeah, yeah. That's I, way more affordable than anywhere in the big hub, right? Yeah, you know, the rent, the rent prices aren't going to be as much, but you know, if you're consistently over that 1%, you're one and one and a half percent at all times. And you're just consistently just churning them out. Cash flow is cash flow. I don't care where it comes from. Yeah. Well, and you know, he put 60 grand in it to flip it for yeah. 140 was what he said he was going to be doing. But wow. if you just wanted to get it rent ready, you could probably have it completely done for 30 or 40 grand, you know? Yeah. I actually was thinking about that this morning. Um, getting, when I was in the office working, I had to look at four deals to be funded. And I was looking at one of our one-on-one coaching uh, guys stuff. And so he, I was just, my mind went to thinking about that house, not that one you're talking about, but another one that I saw for 50 grand. And I started thinking, I said, you know, sub markets outside and trying to buy multifamilies the way we've done it in the past here with uh, direct mail. I said, that, man, that wouldn't be a bad little niche. And maybe something that's in my head, because I was showing somebody yesterday in a consultant call how to do the radius uh, piece on Google Earth. And I started thinking, I said, should I just go around all these sub markets in North Texas and start mailing all of those for quadplexes up to, you know, 10, 12 units and just start putting those together because it's getting to the point where we need to have some more of those things going. Yeah, I agree. I think that's actually why I bring up Wichita Falls and Burke Burnett. I saw a, and I called the guy and I'm not sure it was like a real thing because anyway, I'll just tell the story. And he had like a, I want to say it was a 50 unit, 100% leased out RV park. Okay. A mobile home park. It was super cheap, like 112,000, 150,000. And uh, to have 50 units come fully leased out, right? And mm-hmm. he just wrote back and he said, it's my dad's and uh, he's retiring and I don't want to manage it. And so we're selling it. And we've also got like 15 rental homes to go with it too. Okay. 
And uh, I was thinking, I don't know, this was a year and a half ago. And I obviously I didn't do anything with it. And then I still see that ad. It's still posted. Yeah. It didn't sell. It, no, it sold. That's what he, when he emailed me back, he said, oh, the RV park sold, but we've still got this. But, uh, okay. but it's that ad is still out there. Okay, got you. So that's why I don't know if it's real or not. But it brought up the point. It's like, if you go just outside of the Metroplex, two hours, hour and a half, two hours, the markets are still very affordable. Mm-hmm. And you can obviously get homes for very cheap. If you want to get into that housing market, right, it's a good spot. Man, I, and it kind of segues into today's topic, you know, think time and how much time are you actually dedicating in your week to think. So I was, when I drove up, we talk about the sub markets and being, you know, so many hours away from stuff. Well, we are so many hours from one of the markets that we bought seven properties in and we had two that I hadn't gone and looked at. So I drove up and as Adam said in previous shows that when I get in a car, I usually call people and talk to them. And so I called one of my buddies that I think that he's probably one of the smartest guys that comes to creative financing. And I said, and we, the conversation came up and I was like, well, how do I, like what book did you read or like what coach did you have or who was the person that got your mind thinking about like the ways, the creative ways you finance these deals? Because this guy, I've seen him turn, you know, buy a warehouse or commercial space at $2 million, raise the cap rate, do it up. And it's worth five. Then he takes a line of credit and hard money's that out and makes money off of, then does it again as he raises more cap rate, get higher rent, you know, whatever he's doing there. And it's just things like that intrigue me. And he told me, he, he said, man, I don't want to sound like one of those guys, but he goes, I'll give Warren Buffett some credit because he talks about think time. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I just kind of jotted down in my head, you know, Warren Buffett think time. So when I get home later that night, I Google Warren Buffett think time. And my wife thinks a lot of times, like when the kids are watching their show for 45 minutes before they go to bed, I'm on my phone and it's either looking at cars, motorcycles, or boats as of, as of last month. Or I'm going through and I'm doing like I'm chasing down rabbits and kind of diving into the rabbit hole of, you know, where's Justin's mind going with Google searches on stuff like that. And so I was searching Warren Buffett, think time, kind of going down that. And I found an article with at Inc.com and it talked about some of the most successful CEOs and executives right now. They're blocking off 10 hours a week for think time. There's no task that needs to be done. They don't get bothered. And it may be, you know, at a at a lunch that they go out and spend all day at a retreat or away from their office, but whatever it is, they take it out of their their normal everyday, this is what I have to do at this time, this time, this time, this time, and make it a way to kind of ponder stuff like that. So, you know, as we're talking about the subset and things like that, you know, if you spent a day chasing that down and your business, everything else is going, or you scheduled four or five hours, how far could you get into that idea and do you have the skill set already to move into something like that? Now it's just understanding what you don't know and figuring those things out. Mm-hmm. I got two things on this. Is okay. One, I do this. I don't specifically, I've never called it my think time. And I don't have like a Mondays from 8 to noon is my think time, right? Yeah. But I definitely think this is a valuable thing. A lot of times I'm forced into having think time because you come at me with some crazy ass idea. Crazy ass idea. And then you don't drop it. And so we've got to figure out a way to get it done. So does that mean you're getting me a motorcycle <laughs> tomorrow? No, no. But I well, definitely the, the dealership is closed on Monday. I got a race on sa- it's closed Sunday, Monday. I got a race on Saturday, so it's got to be Tuesday that you decide that you're buying me a motorcycle. Mm, okay, well, let me help with that decision right okay. now. Is that a no? That's a no. Okay, Fair uh, but there has been plenty of times in my career where you just you don't know how you're going to get something done or how you're going to come up with an idea, and if you just sit back and just let that brain go to work and mm-hmm. think about it too, right? The second thing I want to say is I don't know if everyone has the I'm going to say time or they it'd be tough to make the time unless you just really want it. Right. Cause most everyone listening has a full-time job, eight 
10 hours a day, then family life, and then run the business? Like, where, mm-hmm. Do you think it's valuable to say, well, I've got two hours worth of work to do, but this is my think time right now? That's the exact point of it, is, so? is scheduling it, yeah. Okay. And, you know, when he, when he said that, he goes, he dedicated eight months, and he did four hours a week. It was like Mondays, 8 to 12, and he, I mean, he owns his own business, so he had, he had the ability to do that. For me, mine is six to you know five thirty to seven ish, seven thirty in the morning before the kids are up, and I say I get up and I start looking at stuff like motiv- whether it's motivational or I'm starting to work through ideas, and then I do it again six thirty at night to about seven thirty at night when we put the kids to bed. So that's not I'm not kind of taking from my productivity time, but it made me want to realize that hey maybe I need to take a couple hours during the week and go do that. Now, when I worked for the railroad, and I remember this vividly. Every yard I went to work. I found a spot there that I enjoyed the view. And I'm going to sit there. Denison, you got the big flagpole up on top of the hill. I could overlook the yard. I, would sit, I had a bench put in out there. And I would sit on the bench. And I would just look. And I would think through, like, okay, hey, if we do this here, this is what we can do. And I'm watching the guys move. And they're just kind of moving their, their, their boxcars around. And I'm watching them and just kind of relaxing from it. And I'm thinking about what we could do to improve our production or better the budget or do things like that. And that was my think time. And I did that every morning for an hour. Yeah, I uh, one. I mean, I one preach on the choir. I one hundred percent think that this is extremely valuable. I think a lot of the feedback you would get from people is, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Or I got to write deeds. Or I got to sell. I got to write Craigslist. I got to do all this stuff. I can't take two hours to think things through. And I think if they did a time study on their life, they'd find out they did have it because they're spending it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you. And that's one of those things you have to know what you committing to, get involved in it, and do it. And I. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking some you time to think about how you can make your life better. Yeah. Do you get that annoying um, weekly screen time on your phone? Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, that right there tells you how much extra time you have every week. How much is yours? It ranges three and a half to four hours a week. Oh, you don't want to see mine? <laughs> Why? <laughs> mine floats between eight hours and 45 minutes to nine and a half hours Dang. on my phone. Yeah. I don't... I like I already feel like I'm on my phone an insane amount and that would essentially be doubling almost two and a half times more. I don't know if I I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's but you gotta remember all my emails run through my phone. I run I pretty much run all the businesses from it in, unless I'm sitting at my desk and during the desk I'm working on my phone and the computer at the same time. Oh yeah. Like yeah. my wife comes in and she'll start talking to me. She goes, Well, I see you on your phone and I'm like, I'm I'm doing stuff on my phone and working on the on the desktop too. Yeah, that's probably the difference because I don't, I do not like working from my phone. I, I mean, I've said that before. I, yeah. I, I said at the computer a lot, so that's probably probably yeah. adds up the same. That and that that's a bad habit I picked up being a manager at the railroad because I was always on the go and I worked off that BlackBerry. Like when I went from a BlackBerry to iPhone, I was lost for probably a a week and a half, two weeks because I could do so much more with that little keyboard. This is it not the exact same keyboard? It's just on your phone. It's different when you can feel the buttons. Oh, Adam. okay. It's different. Were you were you so high tech on your BlackBerry? That I you couldn't my, even look at it. You could I hit could I nut- could drive and I could do it. I would drive. I would like hid and I held out until they told me they were going to turn my BlackBerry off. I mean, the BlackBerry was cool. You know, I had three different Blackberries. I went through like the one with the ball, the first one, bigger one with the ball. Then I went to the smaller one with the ball. Then I went to the one that had the like the pressure plate. Can you still buy a BlackBerry? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to think about it in our think time. <laughs> but, you know, the, the point is behind this whole concept, it's, you know, if you're seeing the leaders of the top companies in the world and one of the, the people that you consider the brightest minds in finance, Warren Buffett, we can't argue with it. And he says he credits that to spending 80% of his career thinking, you know, and it could be something simple that you just, you know, it's like so simple and dumb that you don't even think about it. 
You know, like what what was his thing with uh, Coca Cola? Like he bought it and they raised it like the price hadn't raised in it, and so they raised it like a penny. But the amount of volume that he did, it made it so much more valuable that he just made money by that. And it wasn't like a, it's not like this magical formula of just pure investing. It's just the idea of running through it. And that think time that I can say credit of my career, you know, I had the book of coffee, money, real estate, and we had done it. We were doing it some, but we weren't dedicated to it. So we, I put somebody in charge of it and put them in place and saw what it worked like. And it, it helped carry our business in sometimes. Yeah. I have to know. Times I've seen it really work for me are like, how the heck am I going to afford this? How can we come up with this money and sit back and yeah. put it in action? Yeah, I can. That that thought process behind that is interesting. You know, that's almost like willing it into place or uh, willing it into fruition. But you know, I'm just like now, if you think about like how, like what what we can do to grow the businesses or what other layers you can add and working backwards through that. And so I I wonder if some people don't spend enough time dedicated to the think part of it before they work through, before they just jump in. And we always talk action, action, action. But there is, there is a you know, having a plan there. And what's the old Abraham Lincoln comment is, you know, tell me you need me to chop down a tree in the first hour I'm oh, yeah. sharpening the, the axe. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's that's so true in a lot of businesses. And that's why so many people come to us and listen, because we're, we're helping them sharpen their axe, or they're by our course that helps them sharpen their axe, then they're attacking. That works in so many different ways in your business, whether you're understanding that the complexities of the deal, the mechanics of it, the engineering of it, you know, what it, what it does and how it does. So like for us, if we decided to go do the sub market, we've already mailed that type of product. We know how to price it. We know what the due diligence looks like. We know who will finance on it and we know who can close it. So now it's just like, okay, now I just have to chop that tree down. My plan's there. I may have to write it down and dial in the area I'm going to look for and what the pricing and the rent rolls and things like that look like. But that's all simple stuff with the data. Now we can put that together and have that ready to rock. Cool. Well, I agree with you on all that. Cool. It's Friday. It is Friday. Let's go out there and have some fun. Yep. You know what the most fun I ever have is? Mm, Subscribing. That's right. (laughs) Most fun you can have on the weekend is going to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and give us a a like, a follow, and a subscribe. And then the same thing for iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you're listening to us. Go out there and give us a like, a rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We appreciate it. We love you, and we'll see you on Monday. See you guys.